Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, I just wanted to chime in real quick on the shit audio that you were about to hear. If you already saw the YouTube version, then you know it was shit. Total shit. I'm pissed. It sucks. It's beneath my standards. It does bother me. It's not the end of the world. Life will go on. I get it. But it's because I'm on location. I was at my dad's because I had to stay the night in America because I got to go to the dentist the next day. So I don't have my proper stuff with me. And this is what happens. I used a mic that I haven't really used at all because my good mic's at home. And I had no idea how loud it sounds because I don't have a monitor system. So it sounded like total crap, guys. I'm so sorry about this. It bums me out. Not cool. I want to put on a quality show that sounds good. That matters to me. So I'm well aware it sucks. And if you can't stand it, I don't blame you at all. In fact, I don't know how you can do it. There's not many things that bother me greatly, but this is one of them. Bad audio could be easily fixed, and it wouldn't have happened if I was at home. Thank you. You know, when you, when you have a hat, a head that's like an eight and three quarters fitted size, um, it gets a little difficult to find anything that fits that head. Uh, so this one happens to be adjustable. So, you know, it, it, it worked. It's one of those rare hats that I can find that actually fits on my head. So I didn't have a red Braves hat and this one was red and, you know, they started going with the red uniforms. I thought, oh, cool. I want a red Braves hat. And this one fit my head so that's where it came into play so no it's getting time to where the minor league season is finishing up and we're getting into arizona fall league coming up real soon and it's kind of you're getting into that wonderful time of year when you get a hold of any prospect writer and they are either a really tense 
or B, really relaxed. There's really no middle ground because they're uh. either completely flooded with, I have to make a prospect list for this. I have to make a list of the Southern League. I have to make a list for this. Or they're like, hey, I don't have to touch prospect lists until November. And the minor league, there's no minor league games this today or tomorrow. And then there's two playoff games the next day. This is so much better than 28 games that I'm supposed to watch every day. So <laughs> there's really no middle ground right now. <laughs> there certainly isn't. Uh, usually in our society, we don't have a middle ground anyways. It's all. Well, this, this is sadly true. Yeah, there's I know. I'd... So many things, but that's a whole other deal. Buzzkill! Anyways, uh, Ben, it's good to be back on the air with you, and we are doing our thing, talking prospects today. But we're really going to look at the end of the minor league season here real quick, and then we'll talk about just for a little bit, because we're going to talk more about it as we go into the season further, as the season closes, and we get closer to Arizona Fall League Talk. That's right, the rosters are out, and you've already perused them. Everybody on our live chat, by the way, which you guys can jump into anytime you want to at any given moment. You've already perused them. You've identified all the players you like, the ones that didn't make it, some players that mm -hmm. are there that surprise you. So we'll talk about that. But, you know, as the minor league season closes here, uh, what does that make you think of? What, what, what are we thinking now? Where are we in terms of what we saw this season uh, prospects, the world of minor league baseball. Ben, you're the guru here, so fill us in. Uh, I think one of the big things you can take away this year is the announcement we had, what, here now, a couple weeks ago, that there are a number of things being adopted by the major leagues that have been tried out for the last couple of years in the minors that, you know, the pitch clock, the uh, step-off rules, uh, bigger bases. These are things yeah. that have been tried in the minor leagues over the last couple of years that are now going to be a thing in the major leagues. And while we all get a little frustrated with some of the, the crap that we have to deal with in the minor leagues as far as, oh man, I, this is such a crap rule. I don't, does it, it's not real baseball. This isn't what baseball is. And, and sometimes yeah it is kind of a crappy thing they've experimented with robot ops they've experimented with all these different things but there's a reason now that major league baseball has taken over the minor leagues this is their proving ground when mm -hmm. they see a success that's easily translatable it's getting pumped into the major leagues quickly and we see that with the pitch clock the pitch clock has drastically reduced the time of baseball games in the minor leagues that I mean, it's on the it's on the rules already, but just adjusting it and enforcing the rule has drastically sped up minor league baseball games, and that's going to be a big thing in the major leagues next year. I I'm really curious to see how that affects pitcher usage, because hmm. you know we're so used to these guys that can throw 98, 99 miles an hour consistently because they walk off, they take a you know, a two mile stroll in between every pitch to let their arm, you know, cool down and warm up in between each pitch. Well, yeah, you can do that and then pump a hundred every pitch. But if you got to pump every pitch within 15 seconds, it's going to be a little tougher to hit a hundred, 102 every single time. That's the theory. Now, what they've seen in the minor leagues is there's been just a very minimal velocity decrease, but it's hard to determine. Is that the players that happen to be assigned to that level this year? 
or is that a true velocity decrease? You just don't really know year over year. That's a big issue. But more than any individual player performance this year, that's really kind of some of the big thing to take from the minor leagues this year is look at what has happened over the last couple of years in the minor leagues because it's coming. I mean, these things are coming to the majors. And so get used to how some of these changes in play might be coming. So, Well, how, is there any way that we can gauge and understand with the velocity issues there? Like, is there any way that we can get ahead of that at all, or is that just not possible? Because you said, who knows, is who's can say. I, I really think the only, the only way to really do it is – repetition and you know off-season practice and things like that that's I, I really truly think that's the only way to do it now how did they get guys to throw 108 innings into games outside of the random freak like Nolan Ryan and Justin Verlander well they went to places like driveline and academies and places like that every off-season and trained their arms to do that so is it feasible? Absolutely. Is the science there today? No. And there's going to be some study that'll have to be done to figure out, okay, so if we want these guys to still be able to spin the ball the same way without blowing up their elbow and throw the ball 102 miles an hour every 15 seconds, what are we going to have to adjust in order to make that work? And that's something that will likely be part of that discussion and and that training that then comes after that well if you want to do something in the live chat you are more than welcome to do so right here on the plots of podcast two l's two z's on the twitter handle that's where you find the discord for free you can see ben in there talking prospects talking braves ben's getting fired up because the braves are going to go to playoff run here so i'm sure we'll get a lot of that coverage from ben as well in the discord (laughs) but there's all kinds of stuff we got the football fully engaged as well all of you are playing fantasy football that's a part of what we do here now. And I even did my first Patreon post for football. In fact, I did two of them over the weekend. So I've done it now. I finally made the transition. So I guess there will probably be a football show on here sooner than later. But it still hasn't happened officially yet. But stay tuned, folks, because Palazzo Sports, whatever you want to call it. We do football. There we we do go. baseball. Yeah. We, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff here. And uh, if that's something you guys are interested in, Discord's free. Find that link at the top of the Twitter feed, 2Ls, 2Zs, Palazzo Podcast. Christian was here. I asked him, Christian, actually, to come on the show today if he wanted to. I was like, hey, Christian, you want to pop in? But he was working late, so he couldn't join us. He says, talk about Emmett Sheehan and how he's going to be next year's Gavin Stone. Well, I am really looking forward to seeing more of Sheehan in um, the in the Fall League. I listed him. I kind of break down guys that go to the fall league typically have kind of one of three baskets they fall into and that's guys that are learning a new position or a new role um guys that are injured and need a little more time on their season joey wentz guys that have need some exposure to more advanced hitting or pitching with an idea that they might be pushed hard in 2023 as far as they might be jumped multiple levels to start the year. So you kind of get some indication that if you got see a guy coming off of low A ball going into 
uh, and then going into Arizona Fall League, that's a pretty good indication. He may start the year at high A, but he's on a real short leash. If he does anything, he's going to be in double A. And uh, I have Emmett Sheehan in my exposure to advanced hitting pitching because he, now granted, he did, he did get up to double A, but I think that's a guy who's going to be on that. He's going to double A with a real short leash to triple A and a potential guy that you might see in the Dodgers rotation, depending on injury and things like that. Um, yeah, Christian made a good comment in the chat here that that's another, the other bucket is the test for rule five eligible guys, which there's a bunch of those guys. And especially you'll see that with relief eligible type guys, um, Hmm. check out your relievers and see if they're worth hanging on to because, you know, that or else a showcase for those type of guys, because you got the rule five draft coming up and if they show out in arizona fall league you can always trade those guys to some other team that goes hey i really like the way he looked down in arizona and i'll stash him rather than you having to occupy a a spot um right but she and i love his changeup. one of the best changeups in the minor leagues right now and when you have that pitch already it makes a lot of other things work really well and in the Dodgers organization, they're really good at developing other things. If you come into that organization with a, a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, they can really make a 93-mile-an-hour fastball into a 95-96 that has a lot of life. They do have they have great development on that. And then they can take your slider and turn it into a plus slider. They can, you know, they do really good things in that type of development. Um, so to have that change up in hand already, and there are people that throw a 70 or even an 80 on his change up as far as the scouting grade. So I'd be mean, very, wow. very top of the scale change up. Oh, I like it. It's, it's one of those bugs bunny type of, you know, you watch him throw it. And as a hitter, there are hitters that are like coming out of their shoes, trying to swing at this thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty change up to watch. It, it, it's one of those as a baseball fan, that's very aesthetically pleasing because Emmett Sheehan's change up. Wow, I didn't know that about Emma Sheehan. I'm I'm learning, just like you guys are here live on the Palazzo Podcast with Benjamin Chase. Make sure you follow Ben on Twitter, by the way. Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govies and Victor IER. Christian also says Parker Meadows, the Tiger, who's going to yep. Arizona Fall League this year. He's eligible, and he had a nice bounce back season. But yet, I didn't. You know, I kind of went through and I I looked at guys who aren't top 100 guys, which there are 16 guys off of Pipeline's top 100 that are going to the AFL. Um, and I went through, I kind of picked one guy that I really liked off each team that isn't a top 100 guy that I'm going to really be following. Okay. And while I really like Sheehan, um, I didn't pick him off of that, off the Glendale team, just because they have a catcher that I really, you know, I, I, I like catchers and that's just kind of my thing, but they have a teenage catcher at least he'll still be 19 when the season starts uh in jefferson uh but uh from the brewers organization and he's fun to watch he can hit the ball and when he really squares the ball up it it jumps off the bat and then he's really athletic behind the plate i i like his ability to move behind the plate i would say there's a good chance this is a 
he's got a, a future as a major league catcher and has a chance to be a 20 home run hitter as a catcher, which is not exactly every day. So, and he's, he's going to turn 20 the first week of the first week or two of the fall league season. So, I mean, that's, he's going to be one of the youngest guys down there too. So definitely oh. a guy that I'm going to be watching. Okay. So before we dive further into the AFL rosters, yeah, I sorry. wanted to, no, I'm excited to do it too. And everybody in the chat is already mentioning so many players like Parker Meadows. Also, Chad mentioned, uh, as someone who owned Sandy Gaston for almost 1,400 days. Actually, he says very specifically 1,420 consecutive days. This is the AFL that will define my fantasy career. Chad, you are a yeah. funny dude. Christian also says Tyler Hardman with the Yankees is a guy to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. He can really mash. But I want to get your quick commentary on... Mr. Dayton Moore being uh, let go or leaving or resigned or however that went down. Looks like he was pushed out. I would I get the feeling that's how that went down in Kansas City. This is a guy who won a World Series. Yes, he got another chance to build another go of it. Built the 2014, which they went to the World Series, then finally won in 2015. They are will always be a team that I think of as one of the better teams that we've seen in terms of World Series champs and like elite squads over a couple of years. The Kansas City Royals were part of that, and they were also part of the relief pitching movement too. Like they defined it at the time. The relief pen they yeah. had was incredible, and they were kind of the, at the forefront of that because they won a World Series with, uh, you know, guys that are no longer who they were, like uh, Mr. Davis and Wade Davis, people yeah. like that. But – I'm just curious what you see here and how you see this. Did he get a fair shake? Did he make too many mistakes with the pitching? Because a lot of people like to point at all these pitchers they drafted that have not really panned out. And in my opinion, he got a really, really long leash as far as that's concerned. Um, The Royals had, in my opinion, an exceptional pitching development system at one point not so much in that they were developing really good, excellent starting pitchers all the time, but they were bringing up major league arms consistently, which that's a tough thing to do. A Luke Hogaver, maybe he didn't turn into a great, you know, starting pitcher, but a guy that can give you two innings in the bullpen. And for a lot for, I mean, for multiple years, he was one of the better middle relief arms in the game, not just, you know, in the American league or in the, Kansas City bullpen. He was one of the best in the game. When you get a bullpen full of guys like that, you've done something right in your development process. I know that folks want to always see pitchers turn into a rotation piece, but developing a holy crap bullpen is a win in your farm system as well, and he's not been able to do that either. And uh, that's in in recent years. And Part of that is he had some really good coaching that he wouldn't commit to. He kind of had his pet guys and would keep them on board and watched really good coaches go to other teams. And there were a number of times when it was a really questionable thing. And I'm trying, I'm blanking off the top of my head who the coach was. And this is probably three, four years ago now where they had the major league job open and the pitching coordinator job open in the same off season. And kind of everyone thought, okay, so this is the guy that's going to get it within the organization because makes sense. He's a really, you know, good guy knows the system. Well, knows the pitchers well. 
and they brought in outside guys that didn't make any sense but knew Dayton from various different walks of life and Uh. didn't make any sense in the path of development and that's what what you hear is these Royals prospects they're having to live on their talent they're not getting a consistent development process all the way through from draft to the majors and sure a Brady Singer who let's be honest he was one of the biggest prospects in all of college baseball when he was a college pitcher made it to the majors on that on that talent but not everyone is Brady Singer he's a bulldog yeah you know you draft even elite talent guys Asa Asa Lacey you (laughs) you draft him and that's an elite talent guy who didn't have that same level of development behind him that the Florida program gave to Singer in the multiple years that he was there. And all of a sudden, there you are, you know, and, you know, he's struggled and doesn't have the same type of system behind him to go, okay, so you've fallen to hard times. Here's how we recover from that. And you need to have that background in that system in order to go, okay, this is going to happen. And for a lot of these guys, let's be honest, guys coming out of college that have been elite pitchers their whole lives, gone into college, they may have had one or two blowout starts their entire life. They go through a month pitching with a five ERA. They don't know what the hell to do. You know, they're, yeah. and, and they, I mean, it becomes a psychological thing and you gotta have that development system where the pitching coordinator can come from Kansas city down to the, down to the, uh, down to whatever minor league club it is and say, Hey, let's, let's go pitch a bullpen. Let's take a look at what's going on. Let's talk through what's going on with your mechanics. I've sat and watched a couple of videos. I've watched your game on the, whatever. And let's look at what you're doing. Let's talk through why you're, you know, are you doing anything different with your grips? Let's, you know, all of those crap things that just seems like common sense, but they just, don't seem to have that going on in Kansas city system right now. Yep. And so, I mean, to me, this is a long time coming. My only surprise is that it took this long to happen. Yeah. You're probably right about that. I think most people would agree. Most people that are in the know and pay attention, people play fantasy baseball. Also people that write for a living about the game. It really just started to become a ticking time bomb. When is this over? It's the same thing for Al Avila, Detroit, Mm -hmm. uh, except Al Avila never built a World Series winner, so he didn't have that credential. He didn't have that to fall back on and give him more time. But that also means Scott Harris is the new director of operations, the president of baseball operations for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Real quickly, uh, Scott Harris signing the new era in Detroit uh, with Scott Harris, which I think, regardless of how talented he is, how much know-how he has, he comes from the San Francisco Giants organization, which is a great organization, in my opinion, in terms of uh, development and the radical and kind of on the cusp of the cutting edge stuff that they do with their batting practices, all kinds of stuff. A lot of great stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's also Chris Illich is still the power guy here. It's his company. It's his thing. It's his baby. And that's never going to change. And my only question is how much will he interfere or how much are they actually like he sees this young guy that he thinks fits a mold of a guy that he can trust which I think actually opens up a lot of questions that I don't. We don't have time to get into now. Frankly, oh, yeah. he's a he's like a young, uh, you know, I don't know. He's like, hey, look at me. He looks like a young hotshot 
I'm not saying he's not capable. Scott Harris could be a really yeah. nice dude, too. I'm not saying that. I just wonder how many other candidates from all backgrounds and opportunities were given credence. That's all I'm saying. I, I do. I would have to imagine that Harris walked into that interview and said, the day I, or the first month I'm hired, here are the number of new staff that you will be hiring. And you need to understand that this is the cost that will be part of me coming on board because you know he comes from a system underneath Faron. Faron came from that Dodgers system. All of these development systems require a crap ton of staffing. The, the Tigers aren't used to that and it's going to likely require a lot of staffing and geez if you're looking to get a job right now in minor league baseball the Tigers are likely going to be hiring. Um, yeah. They're going to be expanding their staff by probably a pretty significant amount. Um, but I cannot imagine that he didn't walk into that interview and say, this is exactly what I'm going to need in order to do this job successfully. So do not hire me unless you plan on giving me freedom to do that. Hmm. If he didn't, then he's setting himself up for failure. And I'm sorry. That's just a poor move on his part at that point. So, okay. Wow. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at that's a hell of a thought. I hadn't even considered that notion. So hopefully he did do that, Scott Harris, for your own benefit. Uh, Chad says here real quick, the Tigers could look a lot like the Orioles where talent development and quality veteran signings carry the team through poor ownership. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd like to see that. All right, so I know you guys are dying to talk rest about this. Let's go back into it. The Arizona Fall League rosters, we were hinting at it. Ben was laying out some of the guys that he likes that are not exactly in – the MLB top hundred, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Not necessarily players that are all universally loved and they're standard issue top 100 players say no more. Uh, I will say this last year, quickly, some of the players that were there and are now in the major leagues, uh, Juan Yepes was there had mm -hmm. a had a decent, uh, you know, he got hurt, but Juan Yepes showed some flashes this year. Nelson Velasquez of the Cubs, who I saw in person. And I remember yeah, I remember seeing it. I saw him in person at just a regular ho-hum uh, Friday afternoon game at 3 o'clock, and I was like, who the hell's Nelson Velasquez? He was made a nice catch. He was making base hits. He was running Isn't around the MVP? field. He was. He ended up being yeah, a stud, was, but at the yeah. time, I had never heard of him. So, I mean, I'm not the guru that uh, <laughs> Phil is and that Ben is. I, I played the game. I love Dynasty, and I love prospects, but I, it was a new experience last year. And I, I will mm -hmm. say this year I'm a lot more well-versed in prospects, just by doing the show more and talking more about it in the Discord all year long, learning from you. and I mean, guys, Ben offers so much free, free, but quality thoughts and analysis on every player you can imagine, basically, that runs the gamut of minor league baseball. And even the ones that are coming in from out of this country and the ones that are in the high school and they're going to be coming into the, the minor leagues. This It's just such a great... Great opportunity for you guys to talk prospects and 
Learn more about Dynasty Baseball by just being in our Discord, which you can find a link at the Plaza Podcast Twitter handle. is pinned at the top, two L's, two Z's. So that is something I don't want you to miss on. But Tristan Casas was there. He's up now. Uh, Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, he got a few opportunities this year. Didn't really do a lot with it. So there were guys. And Ezekiel Duran was a guy that was at Arizona Fall League last year. And he came up for J. a J. moment. J.J. Bladey, of course. For not mentioning that. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan Donovan, right? Wasn't Brendan Donovan there? Uh, he might have been. I I don't remember if he was or not. Now, he was yeah, he, he was down well to the final been. vote. I I can't. I'll have to double check. But he was like one of the last because they did something where they had I think a fan vote to get like one more candidate in, and uh, he was on the final cutting line. So at any rate, there's a lot of guys there last year that could show up next year in 2023. They're on this year's rosters, and I want to remind people of that. But Ben, take it back to where you were going. Uh, some guys you liked this year in the Arizona Fall League that aren't necessarily in the top 100. So. Going through the rosters on that 16 top 100 guys, every team except Scottsdale has at least one top 100 guy. Scottsdale has zero. But I will say Scottsdale has a number of guys that are, that'll likely be top 100 guys come the end of the winter. They have a lot of guys that are probably going to make that jump. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, right, check this out. Yay, woohoo. Yay, Let's get excited. We can watch him swing at every slider. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, poor Kelnick. But um so for me, one of the guys I I love, and this is more of a this is gonna be more of a good fantasy one than real life one, but Matt Mervis of the Cubs. Oh. He's gonna be on the Mesa squad. He he has absolutely crushed it this year. And he's only, I think he was a 2021 draftee. He's only his second pro year. But the guy is, he's just doing all sorts of great things as far as he's hitting for average. He's not striking out. And he's one of the minor league leaders in home runs. And he, I mean, he's a solid enough first baseman that they're not going to have to worry about. He can only DH. And there's nobody stopping him from taking over first base at the Cubs. And so there's a very good shot that you're seeing him right now, and he's going to be starting opening day at Wrigley next year. Wow. So um, that's a guy to really watch. Um, one of the guys, Salt River has the most top 100 guys, uh, but the guy I really want to watch is the guy who only threw a couple of games. Yeah, there you go. A couple of games this year, and that's uh, Hagen Danner, and I'm gonna I know I'm butchering his name, but he was a <laughs> catcher when he got drafted, but he was um, kind of a two-way player. A lot of folks liked him as a two-way player, and then injuries just kind of derailed his, his abilities or his chances to make it as a catcher, and so he moved to the mound as a reliever, and he's touching triple digits, and he's got a really power slider and they've used him as a bullpen guy. Had some injuries this year that really didn't allow him to do a lot. But this is this is a guy with closer stuff in the and will be in the Blue Jays system. So a guy to really watch because you know strikeout closer type stuff that could be a guy that would help you out a lot in ratios and strikeouts in the middle of your fantasy lineup. Those are always great guys to find. Um, surprise. I really like Aaron Zavala. If anyone remembers Frank Menachino. Oh, Frank Menachino. We call yeah. him Menachino. Menachino, Menachino. Yeah. He could play 
you know, second, third outfield. But what he did is he always seemed to hit for, you know, between like 290 and 320, always hit for a very good average and not a whole lot of, I mean, not a huge amount of power, not a huge amount of stolen bases or anything, but it was all, he was a great guy to have because you could plug him into like two or three spots in your lineup mm-hmm. and he always helped out your batting average. That is who Aaron Zavala is. And he's a Rangers prospect. He was drafted last year. I really like him a lot. That's, he is, I don't know that he has a good defensive long-term home, but he can play a number of different spots passingly and is athletic enough to where there's, he's not a DH guy. I mean, he's yeah. an athlete, but he's, he's not a guy that's a great, he's not a center fielder. He's a left fielder or right fielder, but doesn't have a great arm, you know, but one of those things. And so I think he's a guy to watch and see how he's doing this year. And he could move very quickly to the majors as far as like a potential guy to lead off quite a bit. Um, hmm. And really, I, I, oh, I just, I skipped over Peoria. Peoria, uh, Mike Vassell with the Mets. He's uh, he's kind of a pitcher that has a whole lot of 50 to 55 gra- scouting grades on his stuff. Um, a lot of average to above average stuff that are just barely above average stuff that he controls fairly well that allows him to play up. I mean, you're talking a guy when you have a rotation that has DeGrom and Scherzer at the front of it, if you can have a guy that comes in and eats innings fairly well in the number four spot of the rotation, mm-hmm. that's a guy that can do pretty good. Look at what Chris Bassett has done in that rotation this year. Absolutely. That's the type of guy that a Mike Vassell is. And I think he could move really quick next year. And then I'm going to mention for Scottsdale, who is the squad that doesn't have a, a top 100, a guy that we hope to see, or well, we do plan to see on this podcast. And that's Justin Henry Malloy of the Braves. Hey! Um, I wish I had got, my applause button right now. Damn it. Got a confirmation that he will be joining us um, during the fall season, fall Arizona Fall League season for a uh, for a podcast, and we'll talk about his minor league year and number of other things. Uh, but he he just got promoted to AAA, so he started the year in High A, uh, moved to up to AAA. He's a guy who fits into that. He's learning a new position bucket. Um, he was mm-hmm. an infielder in in college, and is working out as an outfielder right now. And, you know, the Braves are going to have a left field spot open. If he can really show what he can do, I don't know that he opens the 2023 season in left field, but there's a possibility that he could find his way up to the to the major league squad at some point in 2023. So, really? Wow, he's, he's, okay. He's got some legit power, and he's definitely got the patience. I mean, we're talking – he's got a 260 bat – but he could certainly put up a 350 OBP or better with some mm-hmm. 20 plus home run power. That's a that's a guy that plays all day long, you know, as long as he can play a quality outfield. And he's done very well in double A playing a quality outfield. He's you know still learning, and that's the whole point. He's learning yeah. reads mm-hmm. off the bat and all of that sort of stuff. And so that's why he's going to AAA right now. 
and why he's going to the Arizona Fall League is to continue to get more of those reps in the outfield. But he's a guy who he's really off pretty much all the radars, but he's a guy I think can come off a lot, come up a lot in the next year. Um, you know, he's had a very good year this year, jumped up three levels now, and I think he could have yeah, a very a good deal. year next year. So, yeah, so stoked about that. Ben comes through in the clutch. And we're so grateful that Justin is considered that. And when I go out there, we're going to make this happen. So I definitely will be going out to the uh, first pitch, the Arizona Fall League event that is run by Baseball HQ. They do it every year. I went out there last year for the first time. Some of you know that. You followed along with me. I tried to share what I could when I could. Now I'll be a pro. It won't be my first time. And uh, I hope to get to more games as well. And I'm definitely going to be there. Definitely going to be a part of things. I'm really excited to do that. I just think it's it's so much about what I want to do with the show in the first place. Is talk to real, actual baseball players. You know, sh- let us shut up for a bit. Let's hear from them. Let's hear from them directly, especially guys who are coming up in the game like Justin is. I think it's so cool, and I'm really, really appreciative of this opportunity. I'm so stoked for it because I'm dying. There's so many things you want to learn about, and, you know, I know everybody doesn't want to be as uh, candid as other people and i respect that so mm-hmm. i always respect people's privacy to certain things but there's also a chance for baseball players to they could share information for future generations that are coming up uh younger kids who are learning about the game if they have an interest in it or not uh, sometimes there actually is that much sway in what mm-hmm. a baseball player has to say they could i'm not i don't think i'm making uh too much of a deal out of this or over dramatizing this, but they have the ability to sway kids into this game or not. And I think it's an exciting opportunity. So I can't wait for that. And I'm really looking forward to Arizona fall league. It's going to be a hell of a time, Ben. I'm excited. And I can't wait to yeah. see how his career unfolds as well. It, it should be. A, I, I'm really looking forward. I, I wish there was better viewing options available. I still I still wish yeah. MLB would put together a full-on Arizona Fall League package because I would be watching I know. every game. That would be absolutely – I mean, I would probably get in trouble at work because a lot of the games are in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> but, you know, still, I would be watching every sinking game um, because it is such great baseball to watch. You're, you're yeah. able to see – you know, you watch an average double-A game, and for what it – I mean, you hate to say this, but – half that team is there for the other half of the team at least and it's usually mm-hmm. a lot higher percentage than that because they're there in order to field a team so that the other half of the team can make the majors eventually or continue their development in the Arizona Fall League those guys are all sent there by their team for a purpose yeah so it's a different it's a different animal you watch them play a game and each guy's out there to prove a little something. They've got a little extra chip that they're trying to get their, you know, trying to do something with. And that's, it's just, it's a, it's a little extra atmosphere than your typical minor league game. Even the really big minor league games, it's, there's just a little something extra watching an Arizona fall league game. But yet at the same time, there's this relaxed atmosphere about it all at the same time. So it's kind of, both yes, end, which is really kind yeah. of fun to watch because you'll get a guy that makes it to first base and one of the more 
fun things ever I remember watching was a mic'd up thing that where they had it was just a regular like sat Friday or Saturday game. Um, not the fall stars game, but it was a game where uh, Vladdy was there and he was mic'd up and I don't honestly remember who got to first base, but they were talking and all of a sudden, and this guy happened to be, um, I don't remember Venezuelan or Dominican, but they, they flipped into Spanish and all of a sudden you just hear Vladdy like realize what he's doing. And he stopped and he goes, I'm sorry. I I've started speaking. I forgot I had the microphone on and he just, you catch their personality and they're just so loose and talking with one another on the field. But then they realize, oh, hey, I'm on the microphone. And this is a 19-year-old kid learning how to be responsive to the media. And eventually he's going to be a superstar in this league. And he needs to learn how to deal with the media and all that, too. So they're kind of getting media training at the same time they're learning how to interact with future fellow big leaguers. And it's just, it's such a cool atmosphere to be, to watch and witness. And plus, like I said, the game has just got a little bit extra intensity as far as the pitches and the at-bats, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's really a fun atmosphere to watch. If you can get a hold of a game, if you got a chance to watch a game, do it. Yep. There's something to it that makes it a this fine line, of, as you said. They're competitive, and there's opportunities there. They know that, and other people are there to develop. But at the same time, sitting in the stands, when you're actually there, it's like – it's a high school game. It's it's like it's like school just got out. We're just like kicking back because there's there's just not many people there at all in the stands. There's a few scattered people and it's very chill. There's there's no fanfare really. It's just like a ball. It's a baseball game. It's baseball in its essence. It really is baseball just in your face as a game with less formality. It's still real and it still has ups and it's still very serious to all the players on the field, but it doesn't have that. Uh, you know, some people are turned off by baseball because they find it boring and slow, and they feel like there's so many rules and unwritten rules, and it just seems like it's a less formal event when you're there live. So I, not everybody can go out there and do that. I completely understand that. Uh, I probably shouldn't go out there, but I'm probably <laughs> going to do it anyways because that's I make mistakes in life. You know, I live once too, so I don't have children or anything either. Nobody nobody relies on me, so I have the opportunities to do things like that as well, and I know that uh, it's going to be fun. Christian says MLB Network is going to broadcast games, so be sure to watch. Yeah, of course. That's always a part of this as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk more about it, too. I'd like to talk about some of the guys. We'll do this next time. Some of the guys from the Project Birmingham idea who also ended up going out now to Arizona Fall League who will be on that Glendale team. I think there's at least one of them that's going, so we'll talk. I want to talk some about that and a few other things, too, related to players who didn't go. That's something I'd like to dive into. Players that didn't make the cut that maybe surprised you. And we could do that next week. Yep, there's a few of those. So there's got to be. I know there is. So you're you're too tuned in. I mean, you just <laughs> started the show earlier talking about how much time and energy you put into your everyday writing and checking all baseball across all minor leagues. Ben's been doing that all year long, folks. And those of you that watch our show or listen, you already know that. So Christian says, "Great job, gentlemen. Can't wait to hop on a show soon." Yeah, well, uh, we'd love to get you back on, Christian. It's been too long, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, for Phil, go ahead. He's not here. So, Phil, hey, uh, you're sleeping right now, probably. It's almost your past your bedtime. <laughs> Phil won't be here next week either. So, maybe we'll get Christian on next week. Me and uh, Christian and Ben will talk Arizona Fall League, and we'll get some of Christian's thoughts, too. 
And I would love to make that a reality. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube as nobody cares right now. The people that are actually watching, we really appreciate it because a lot of you have turned to football and you've just dismissed all the fun action that's going to be going on in Arizona, which will be fun. And in the offseason, too, we're going to have moves and deals. We don't have a CBA crisis, Ben, that is hanging which, over us this time. Yeah, should it, it makes the hot stove season so much more fun. I mean, hey, people love that room. that day last year when it was like right oh, before uh, December first. People thought it was cool, but I thought oh, it was dumb. I didn't like it. it. Yeah, but it made the Rule Five draft was lost last year, and I'm sorry. It was. It was one of that it, to me is one of the more fun things that we have every off season is the Rule Five draft and some of the decisions that have to be made leading up to the Rule Five draft as part of that are always exciting because you get guys that make trade or teams that make trades of a guy because they suddenly realize oh gosh we're right up at 40 and yeah. we're gonna lose this guy for nothing if we trade him now we at least get this you know c-grade prospect for him rather than yep. twenty five thousand dollars. so you know <laughs> it's it's a lot better deal for them or fifty thousand. dollars I, I don't honestly remember what the number is anymore for uh major league versus minor league but still regardless they're we're talking that's a big big deal as far as normal off season and they lost yep. that so it really changed the landscape of the off season minor league free agents were screwed last off yes yep because those guys that are were minor league free agents they were left going well you know normally i would take a deal with a team but there's the oppor- the remote chance that I could possibly sign a major league deal with someone. So I'm not going to sign that. Well, if everyone is operating normally, you have all of those options out there and you know, right away, whether or not there's a major league deal, and then you can start shopping for your minor league deals, which that's where it really hurt a lot of those guys with minor league deals. And you did see some of those guys not sign until a month into the season, which is really a bummer for some of those minor league veteran type guys that say what you will, those guys end up popping into your bullpens in the middle of a season. Yeah. Or their backup or third straight, you know, backup catchers that end up showing up because three catchers went down for a team. Those are the type of guys that you, you see a lot in the middle of a season. And those guys just sat out there forever because of the way we, the off season was handled. Yeah. You're right about that. That's totally fair. Uh, Chad says, should I be worried? A team in my league has 19 outfield-eligible players on their (laughs) roster. Well, if anything, I'd be licking my chops. I'd be like, okay. That might be too too many outfielders, probably. I think you could stop at 12. (laughs) I think there's either a really good opportunity for you to make a trade or to... uh... Yeah, kind of get extorted. I was gonna say, <laughs> or you can go around to other people in the league and uh, <laughs> kind of shop away all of the other things he may need, you know, yep. and really kind of make <laughs> pain for him. One of the two things, either way. So yeah, well, hey, nobody ever said that everybody who plays this game is a wizard with numbers and a wizard with talent, observation, and analysis. Either way, 
We love doing the show. The Plausible Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour has come to a close. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. And, of course, he's in our Discord with me and everybody else. All the gang's all there. We're talking football, but we're still talking baseball. And even when baseball season officially ends on October 5th, it's that Wednesday. It's a weird middle-of-the-week ending on a Wednesday. It's usually a Sunday. So we'll still be talking about the postseason, and we'll be talking about first-year player drafts. And In fact, uh, that was something that we talked about that we're still going to do with the first-year player draft tiers. Uh, is something we still should do, and we will do something like that. I'm sure it'll happen. Just hang in there. So make sure you're here connected with us. Subscribe to the YouTube. And you are connected to us on your favorite podcast platform. Five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify would be wonderful. If you not review the show all year long, you can only do it once on Apple. So please give us a five-star review. That would make the show happy. Make the show happy, not us happy. For Ben, I'm Michael. Phil Goyette doing his thing in Ireland. We thank you all for watching. And we'll catch you guys next week. See you in Discord. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the of power of